Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, an iHeartRadio and Dan Patrick Podcast Network production. I'm Alan Evans. And I'm Joey Santos. This week we're talking about the DNA of success and what the outcome of generations of hard work and passion looks like. Yeah, that's right. And joining our conversation later, we're talking with Lisette Gavinia. She is a powerhouse woman who has taken over the family business, which is coffee. Lisette is the executive marketing director of F. Gavina and Sons Gourmet Coffee. It is the nation's largest minority-owned family coffee roaster, and they are a leading producer of high-quality, great-tasting coffee for more than four generations. We're also going to be doing a giveaway this episode for an amazing basket from Don Francisco's Coffee, a brand under Lisette's company. Listen throughout the episode for three code words. You're going to need to write those down so you can enter to win. And for the promo code to get the shipping. Which is a separate thing. The promo code is for anybody. That's anybody. They can get free shipping on coffee from DonFrancisco.com. But you have to listen to the podcast to get the three code words if you want to enter to get a coffee basket. It's a coffee basket. And you know. If anyone likes a basket, it's it's Joey. It's Joey. (laughs) Filled with coffee. (laughs) Smartass. Let's grab a drink and dive in. So, we're back. Another week. Another grind. Get it? Grind. Grind. (laughs) Not to be confused with grinder. So, tell us about your cocktail this week, Mr. Santos. Well, this week is a collaborative effort with um, Lisette. So we combined coffee with an old-fashioned, so espresso with an old-fashioned cocktail with whiskey. I'll tell you all about the recipe later, and it'll be on our website, but uh, it's called the El Malecon. So this week, is, it is different because we are collaborating with, with our guest, and this product will be delicious. I think it'll be a great uh, All right, so we addition. have to wait to hear about the cocktail. Yeah, I'll tell you later she when she comes on. on. Okay, yeah, right. that makes more sense. So there she can add her little, her little twist. Yeah, you can try it, actually. You can drink it now. Well, I'm already on my second one. Oh. <laughs> Don't have to wait for me to ask twice. No, exactly. Uh, what, what do you got going? What was your guilty pleasure this week? Well, my guilty pleasure kind of is, is another collaboration with your guilty pleasure. Because my partner is going skiing with you. So my guilty pleasure is that I have the whole week to myself. Oh. And I can do whatever I want. Sleep late or... So your guilty pleasure is my work. Is your that's not work? (laughs) Is it work? I'm going to play my music loud. I'm going to be all those things. I'm going to leave my tennis shoes on the doorstep. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. No, in fact, it's great, Joe. Well, that's funny enough because I was going to tell you my guilty pleasure is I'm going to go skiing. Mammoth got a bunch of new snow, and I, you know, it's not going to last forever. It is spring, and so. I've got friends, and we're going skiing. Yeah, Andrew's going with you. And Andrew's going with me, which is always He's a great snowboard. pleasure because, because Andrew is so easy to travel with, and uh, we always have fun. Yeah. 
And so it'll be a nice week, and we'll watch it snow hopefully a little bit while we're there, and I'll get some work done and get some skiing in and see some friends. And yeah. that's my guilty pleasure this week is I'm going skiing. Skiing. And I'm not With going Andrew to do and others. Well, shall I mention the names of a couple of others that are going with you who are not the best skiers? Now, here's Andrew's worry was that are you two going to be able to go off and ski and do all oh, your we have to. Those else? two, those can't, they can't ski with well, us. Well, there's four, of the other four. Well, I don't know how the other two ski. Ski, Howard and Chad yeah. ski. They'll Will. be on bunny slopes. They can go with Will yeah, and, and Andrew take a worried. lesson. He's like, well, <laughs> am I going to have to be dragging them behind me? <laughs> oh, no, they can't go with us. They no, they can't they don't go. know how to ski. Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see. Just no broken limbs, please. Okay, well, we won't run into any trees. There'll be no broken limbs. <laughs> no, well, Howard's a great cook. He can cook. Chad can make hot chocolate. And <laughs> well, <laughs> but Howard and, was uh, hot chocolate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, I'll be home doing whatever I want to do, playing music loud, watching TV, sleeping late. Yep, that's my guilty pleasure. So you guys have fun. We will. You know we will. Mm-hmm. That's our guilty pleasure, being away from you. So there. <laughs> evil. Evil. Thank you. So what is our coffee theme today? I think we're talking about, uh, we're going to talk about some restaurants, some family-owned restaurants. As a matter of fact, speaking of family-owned restaurants, are you familiar with La Huela Huetza? Did we ever go there together? No. La Huela 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 Huetza. La Huela Huela Huetza. Yeah. It's on <laughs> Olympic Boulevard, and it's, um, it's famous for their mole. Like all, it's a Oaxacan restaurant, and it's on Olympic Boulevard, sort of mid city, mm-hmm. and um, they have amazing food, and they have the best mole, the red mole, the the uh, the green mole, and uh, you can actually buy it there too, and then bring it home, and and you know, because making mole from scratch is quite a commitment, but it's absolutely worth it. But they so make it's it great. a Spanish, a Cuban, Oaxacan. what is it? Mohawken. Oh, Mohawken. Wohawken. Oh, Wohawken. It's O-A-X-A-C-A-N, and it's pronounced Oaxacan. Anyway, you, oh, so I'll that's take Mexico. Yeah, it's Mexico. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay, but they also do the best tres leches cake too, so you can actually pick them up. You can order and pick up there, and I've it's a fun place. There. It's a huge place. Uh, you and it's, it's that sort of uh, those tables where everybody's kind of together. I don't know how that works now. Wait, but. is that where we came and visited you and you, we came to lunch one day and we were in that back room? Uh, we I had was lunch. in the back room. We had. <laughs> was no, I you, you were having there? lunch and then Will and I showed up and you were with. Uh, <laughs> no. No, that wasn't it? And I was with who? Doing what? They were like family style tables and the kids were over there playing and running around the room. Kids? Yeah, there were kids in the restaurant. And they were I went to a around. restaurant with children in it? Yeah, you did. Maybe. Maybe. I, 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 yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I, I, I'm not quite sure if that was a place. But if it was, that, that, that sounds right. But here's the interesting thing. They also serve crickets, fried crickets. Oh. I know. And I, you know me with those kind of things. I was like, no, thanks. But Andrew tried it, and he said it was interesting. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you say it's delicious. He said it was interesting. Yeah. And so he, he, he likened it to maybe a, a, a walnut or something like that. I said, well, just eat a walnut. You know, that always kills me when somebody says, Why, try when there's this. crickets everywhere. You know, this weird exotic thing like, try the rattlesnake. It tastes just like chicken. If I'm going to taste something that tastes like chicken, I'm going to eat yeah, chicken. Yeah, if you're going to talk about that, you know what's great is that place downtown near your brother's that has all the nothing but the hot dogs. 
the German place. Can't remember what it's called. No, remember it's you, we've been there. It's hot dogs and beer only, and they have like a hundred different kinds of beer, and they have about thirty different kinds. It's like a beer garden, maybe. Hot dogs, and you wait in line, and they have a big room with a bar that everybody sits in, and they have rattlesnake, and they have, and I had rattlesnake hot dog, and it was really good, and it was nothing like chicken. I mean, it's like chicken, but it's not chicken. I know you're more exotic like that. Blood sausage. Thank no. you. Oh no, I don't like blood sausage though. No. You're right, I am more exotic. Uh, you know where we went last night, since we're talking about food? Spago, which I haven't been to in a long time because, you know, everything's closed. The interiors are closed. But if you've seen all the press, Wolfgang went and he put up this huge pavilion at the end of Cannon Drive mm-hmm. where it meets Wilshire. They blocked Put it in the parking off. lot? Well, if you remember, they had blocked that street uh, yeah. last year. Yeah. So it's at the end of the street now. Okay. So you you just can't go down an extra... 50 yards or whatever, because this pavilion is there. But it was kind of fun. The music is going, you know, and and of course, then they put, you know, certain people in the interior in that, uh, they've got that little, uh, where the fireplace is, yeah, that little, little interior rotunda, garden. Yeah. And so we ate in there, well, because the other place is sort of noisy. And, you know, and it was quite cold, too. So Yeah, but they have the heaters going, and it had that, that giant fireplace going. We had a, a great, great meal. Busy? Yeah. The pavilion part was really busy. Uh-huh. Inside wasn't so busy, but the, you know, they, it's if you want to be calmer, and you know, our group wanted to talk, and we were we were with somebody that, you know, you, you don't want loud music in your ear when you're trying to talk, right? So we sat inside, which is really outside, and it was a lot of fun. And the nice. food, well, you know, his food is always excellent. Yeah, I'll make note of that for my next. Well, I haven't been to a restaurant yet, and. So long, but I will now. I'm starting to feel more comfortable after our vaccination. So I will, I will make a reservation. Yeah, we dragged Andrew out to a restaurant last week. Yeah, he went with you to Volcano. Didn't you have sushi? Yeah, yeah we had sushi. Yeah, yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm not ready yet, but I will soon. Mm-hmm. We had virus covered sushi. Oh, how delicious! Yes, it was lovely. Mm-hmm. I know yeah, you don't like good. the exotics. Baked. It was baked virus. I don't like exotic like weird things. I'm not going to eat like you know a buffalo head or it was COVID cake. You know. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> can't with you. Can't with you. <laughs> okay, we're so we're doing something kind of fun today. F. Gavinia and Sons, this coffee company that we are talking with today, has generously donated a gorgeous coffee basket filled with their products for one of our lucky listeners. So the details on how to enter is on our social media. So you'll go to our social media, which I know you do all the time. And everything you need to know will be right there. But during this podcast, we are going to give you three code words. And we're going to start right now with the first one. And then throughout the podcast, there'll be a second one and a third one. And you'll need all three of those to be able to enter to win this incredible basket. So the first code word, Joey, bum, 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 bum. Drum roll, please. Is lemon rind. The password is lemon Lemon rind. rind. Lemon rind, and that's L-E-M-O-N-R-I-N-D. If you don't know how to spell lemon, you are in trouble. Yeah, well. Rind, I suppose, could give you a little more difficulty if you don't know what it is. (laughs) 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 And guess what? We have another audience question today. It says, uh, I love hearing stories when the two of you were young and running around partying together. Last week, you mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and what does she mean when you were young? And what does she mean by partying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> My parents were probably there. 
Yes, in the back. <laughs> they were partying with they us. They probably yeah. invited us. <laughs> uh, the, but the rest of the question is, can you share a funny story of the two of you together? And I know which one we should share. Which one? Because these used to crack me up. It would crack me up every time. And the entire bar would be laughing because <laughs> you would stick straws in people's hair. Oh, my Lord. How I survived that. How I didn't get beat up. So many times we said you were going to get so beat up one day. But what are they going to do, beat you with their purse? Or well, their... It, it was the 80s, in my defense. It was the 80s. And everybody had big hair. Everybody had big hair. So <laughs> I would... They would have these straws at the bar that were quite thin and, and long, long straws. And so I would pull one out of the dispenser, you know, and I or would Or your just, drink. Or my, no, I would always get fresh ones. Mm. And then I would just casually stick it in the person's hair standing next to me. I didn't know the person. And then they would walk around with this straw sticking straight out of their, straight out of their head. Because they you didn't know, know you'd put it And we would laugh. And, and then, but our whole group would be laughing, laughing, yeah. laughing. And half the time, the person would turn around to see what was so funny. They didn't realize we were laughing at them. They'd <laughs> then, spin around with that straw sticking out of their hair. And then you'd see other people tell them, you just, or try to pick it out. And I would just turn around like, oh, how'd that get there? Oh, my God. Or I would even say it like, you know, you have a straw in your hair just before I would be incriminated <laughs> just to get me off the list, you know. <laughs> but I, there it was, was so time, juvenile, but it was it so was funny. Juvenile, but it was fun. And everybody, then it became a private joke that to see if Joey was in this bar they would look around and see people with straw. They, oh, Joey's got to be here somewhere. Right. You would know he was there because you'd see someone with a straw on their hair. And then I've gotten one or two people, literally, with maybe five or six straws. And I mean, that was a good night. If I had one person that literally had five or six, looked like a crown. Like it was like that game. What was you know where you had to take the things out the uh, the camel? No, the camel. The last straw with the camel oh. <laughs> breaks the back or whatever. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kept adding straws or taking them. I Something. can't remember from that game. It yeah. was the same thing. It was like, how many straws can you get into yeah. their hair before? Yeah, but I got notices. away with it. I don't know how, but people had more of a sense of humor back then. Now I would be on this, you know, six o'clock news. Thank God I got away with that. I, I, those days are over for me. I don't do that anymore. I can't no, wait. I, just I can't wait till we go out to no, a bar. I just, <laughs> no, I just clip ponytails and nobody's looking. <laughs> Take that ponytail out of your head. What, what are those stupid looks? You know that guys have with women's hairstyles. What the are they pony, used to with call the little, that? With the little, yeah, with the, the man bun on the bun, top, or yeah. Oh, thank God, is that still going on? A little bit. Oi. I've seen like a redheaded yeah, guy that. with freckles, a beard, and pigtails. Yep. Mm-hmm. At. The tire store. To each his own. I, I agree. I'm At just saying. the tire saying. store. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. Get that thing caught in a tire. <laughs> you just hit the wrong mechanic. Please. Anyway. All right. Well. To each his own. Maybe that's a new style. He was wearing to a to each, each his own. To each his own. I was wearing a to each his own. It's not a chignon. It's a to each his own. To each his own. To each his own. To each chignon. When we come back, we have the poor Lisette Gavinia. I don't know how she's going to deal with us. The (laughs) queen of the F. Gavinia and Sons coffee empire. Hang tight, and we'll be right back. Joining us today is Lisette Gavina. Yes. And we're very excited to have her today because we've really gone off in a different direction, and it's something that we're totally fascinated about And, of course, most of the world is fascinated about coffee. 
Oh, and yeah. So tell us, Joey, about this drink you have created for our guest. Well, we do a drink every week for our listeners and, and for our own enjoyment as well. But uh, this time we collaborated with you because this is a cocktail that you've created using coffee, espresso in particular. And so I just sort of renamed it or named it uh, because I am part Cuban. My mother was Cuban and my parents met in Cuba. They used to talk about the Malecon, which is the avenue that stretches in old Havana, you know, with the seawall and, and there are businesses and people would stroll the Malecon. So I named this because of the Malecon and it's called El Malecon. And it's got a double shot of espresso, about two ounces, an ounce of whiskey, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, and then a dash of bitters, and then, of course, the lemon peel, which is also the way that we drink espresso is with a fresh lemon peel. So, and there you go. And it's served on the rocks. Oh, it's my pleasure. So is this drink like putting Red Bull with vodka? It keeps you up and puts you to sleep at the same time. <laughs> I mean, do you have two forces? You have two Red forces Bull vodka is like, you know. No, I know look. you have two forces working on you. Oh, once. totally. <laughs> yeah, you get to party a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lisette, you have a special way of combining all these ingredients together to maximize scent and taste. Do you want to tell our listeners how you put it all together? So as Joey said, this drink is basically built on the old-fashioned recipe. And a friend of mine that used to work in um, in spirits, specifically with whiskey, told me, you always build a whiskey drink in the glass. So first, first we start with a simple syrup, which if you don't have any at home, it's really easy to make. You just put, you know, half a cup of sugar with half a cup of water and just melt it, you know, over your, your stove top and you have simple syrup. So you take about a quarter ounce of simple syrup and mix it with um, bitters. I like to use either the Angostura bitters or an orange bitters. Yeah, I like the orange. I like the orange too. Mm -hmm. It gives us some, it gives it a nice aroma and flavor. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you mix those together so that the simple syrup picks up all the aromatics of the bitters. And then you add your ice cube. And then you pour the whiskey over the ice cube to open up the whiskey. So part of drinking whiskey and enjoying whiskey is actually helping that whiskey open up because it's been in, you know, aged for so many years. Yeah. And then with your espresso shot to conserve that, you know, nice layer of crema on the top, I just pour the, the espresso like on the side of the glass. So not over the, the ice, but over the side. So you still get, see mine still has some of the crema from the espresso. Yeah. And then take that lemon peel, just twist it over the top so you get the essence of the lemon peel. And I also like to rim the glass with the lemon peel like you do, you know, like you mentioned, the Italian style espresso. Yeah. Um, get all those, the nice essence there of the lemon and then just put the put it in as a garnish and, and you enjoy. Yep. And then you have your wow. malagon. You know, what also could be quite nice too, if you're using the orange bitters, is to do an orange rind. Yes. You know, so you're still getting the citrus, but you're having that little extra essence of the orange, which will complement the orange bitters, too. So that could work. I like that. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I think that's what we use in the old-fashioned is the orange rind. Yes. Typically. Yes, so. right. I love it, and I love the way it looks. Yeah, and then the espresso, the espresso that we're using is our Don Francisco's Classico, mm -hmm. which has dark chocolate spicy notes, and it's a good complement to the whiskey, specifically bourbon, which tends to be totally. a little bit sweeter. Interesting, because when I have my espresso in the morning, I take a little, I break off a little piece of dark chocolate. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say you put whiskey. No. I thought you were going to say It'll be a shorter day than I, than I usually have, for sure. <laughs> well, this drink is great, and we're going to put the recipe up on our social media so listeners at home can enjoy it as well. 
But Lisette, you brought up something that's really interesting because you oversee the company's brands, which include in publishing, we would call them imprints. I don't know what you call them in the coffee business because you have Don Francisco's, you have Cafe La Lave, Espresso, you have Gavina Gourmet, and you have Jose's Gourmet, correct? Am I missing something? Those are our brands. How are they branded differently? What is different between coffees coming out of the same company under different brands? Well, it's very interesting. It really has to do with our with our history and how our company has evolved. So my family, the Gavinia family, has been in the coffee business for over 150 years. We actually started in Cuba as both coffee growers and roasters. And in Cuba, what people drink coffee to us is espresso. So when my family first came to the United States, what we knew about coffee was espresso. And when we started over, you know, roasting coffee here in Los Angeles, that's what we started with, making an, an espresso blend for the Cuban community in Los Angeles and also, you know, the Italian community. Those that knew of espresso. All six of exactly, them? Exactly, exactly. All six, all six of us. <laughs> exactly. So as you, as you probably guessed, <laughs> Joey, you know, the business was not that successful at the beginning because there weren't that many people. Oh, I couldn't find a Cuban sandwich to save oh, my no, life. Nobody man. knew what an espresso was, you know, in the 60s, you know, in LA. There was a little place by the airport, a bakery. They used to serve the demi tasse espresso, and they used to make the best Cuban sandwiches. They've long gone now. But yeah, that was the only place back then when I was a kid that you could find a exactly. Cuban Exactly. <laughs> and then and the Italian markets as well. That's the only place you could find an espresso. And I think the Dresden Room, actually, in Los Feliz, they were one of the first ones to have an espresso machine at the time. And so, uh-huh. so then we had to learn about the American market and actually the, the, the coffee consumers in L.A. So... We first started with the espresso, and then we launched our Gavinia brand, which was like our house brand, which today is what we sell to restaurants, to offices, to bakeries. And and it's also our ethnic brand. So we started learning about how different ethnicities here in L.A., like the Vietnamese community, the Middle Eastern community, they have a very specific type of blend and roast that they like. And we started Mm -hmm. custom roasting for those communities here in Los Angeles under our Gavinia brand. And then it was the gourmet coffee revolution that happened in the 80s where people wanted to buy whole bean coffee. They wanted single origin coffees from Colombia, from Kenya, from all these exotic places. Hawaii too. Hawaii, exactly, which is the only place in the United States that actually produces coffee. Um, But that's how our Gavinia brand was established. And then we're, you know, of course, as consumers go to the supermarket and we're seeing all of these brands in the supermarket, you know, coffee in cans, light roast, all of it pre-ground. And we, we uncovered an opportunity to launch a whole bean coffee, you know, darker roasts, you know, with our espresso roast and single origins. And this was, this is what became what today is our flagship brand, which is called Don Francisco's coffee. It's named in my grandfather's honor. Wow. So this was one of the very first whole bean coffees and bags in the supermarket here in Los Angeles. And it has a long, long, rich history. And, and, and we take a lot of pride in this brand because it's named after my grandfather. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, especially since we're all spending much more time at home, you know, with the, you know, with the pandemic lately, you know, people have really been upping their coffee game and wanting to, you know, invest in coffee grinders, invest in, in espresso machines. So we've, we've seen that and people turning, you know, to social media to find inspiration. And Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because we were thinking about when we were going to speak with you. So there are so many other things to do with coffee just besides just drinking. There's so many amazing recipes and foods um, there is medicinal properties. Um, I was also curious about if you knew of anything that was more in the beauty 
of coffee? In other words, like for skincare or for any of those sort of things. Is there something that you know of that you use coffee for that? Yeah, we're hoping you'll turn us on to the <laughs> other uses of coffee. Any sort of, of a coffee, coffee mask? Uh, I mean, I've heard of a, I've heard of coffee enemas, but I'm, that's yes, not exactly but, where I was yeah, going. But you're absolutely right, Joey. There, there are a lot of um, <laughs> alternative uses for coffee. Definitely coffee enema is one of them. Um, but yeah, co- coffee, you know, coffee is a natural beverage. It's something that ha- it's, it happens that occurs in nature. And what we know to be coffee is actually the seed of a cherry. Oh, that's interesting. So it's these little seeds that are then roasted and then they're turned brown with, during the roasting process. That's how you, you develop all of the flavors and the aromas of what we appreciate in coffee today. And there are a lot of health benefits. Studies have shown that coffee helps prevent all types of cancers and does help with like long-term memory loss. I've also heard of like skin, some studies that have helped that have shown that it helps pre- to, to even prevent skin cancer. And you do see coffee, you know, the roasted coffee and like coffee scrubs. Um, they say that the caffeine helps to activate, you know, your, your cells and to be good for um, circulation. Also the green coffee, which is the, you know, the raw form of coffee, you see this in beauty, like extracts. Mm-hmm. So you can drink it and, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, and look pretty doing it. All right. Well, so I have a question because I love coffee and I love all the, you know, I love the flavorings. I love all the things. But, you know, the problem I have is it upsets my stomach. Is that a common problem? Is it because of the acid? Why, what is it about coffee that does that? Well, that's a good way to start your day. That's why people have it in the morning. They do their toiletries and yeah. go about their business. No pun intended. <laughs> okay. I, you're absolutely right, Joey. That's another thing is that coffee is a natural diuretic. So it helps you, right. you know, it helps you to, to with any like water retention issues you might be having and also just to, you know, help your elimination process. It's very, very good. <laughs> but, but it can help me stay in the bathroom much of the day. I know, I know, but you're <laughs> right. Like you need more help with that already? <laughs> but you're right that, you know, coffee does have different types of acids in it. The acidity in coffee is determined by the elevation at where it's grown. Oh. So those coffees that are grown at very high altitudes, like East African coffees, Colombian coffees tend to be very high in acidity. Mm-hmm. And if it does that, so that might be what your stomach is, you know, um, reacting to. But there are coffees that are naturally lower in acidity, like Southeast Asian coffees, like from Sumatra, are very low in acidity. Also, Brazilian coffees. I'm marking that down as we speak. So I would try those. Yeah, give those a try and see if they if they don't accept, um, upset your stomach. Well, I remember years ago, somebody told me to buy the Arab beans and not to buy the South American beans. For the same reason, they said it's a, it's a less acidic bean. It's less acidic, but it is a harsh, harsher bean. Mm-hmm. You were talking the difference about the difference between the Arabica and the Robusta species. They're two completely different species of the coffee plant. They have different flavor profiles. They're even traded on two completely different stock exchanges. The where the Robusta bean tends to be more bitter and have more of a rubbery flavor and taste. It's higher in caffeine than the Arabica, which tends to be much more aromatic, like the sweet aromatics that we like, the florals, fruity floral flavors and, and aromas. So that's the difference. So I don't know about the acid part of it, though. Definitely, it doesn't need the elevation of Arabica. So it's probably not as acidic, but it is a lot higher in caffeine. And it just, because it's a hardier plant, that seed that, you know, which becomes the coffee bean, it's going to be a lot harsher in flavor overall, too. So my father could have an espresso just before bed. Didn't affect him at all. A shot of espresso has less caffeine than a cup of coffee. 
that's one of, that's one of the myths um, in in coffee, like the, the perception because espresso is a stronger flavor, but it actually it all has to do with how much ex- caffeine you're extracting from the coffee when you're brewing it. With espresso, you're only using you know seven grams of coffee. With a, a cup of coffee, you're using about an ounce or twenty eight grams. So you're just extracting more caffeine. In Italy, of course, I love those little things where you stop along the road and everybody rushes in there and gets the little, you know, shot of espresso to supposedly, I guess, keep them awake while they're driving, but better to actually have a real cup of coffee. Well, in Cuba, they'd have them, you know, while you're playing dominoes yeah. to keep keep all your... Exactly. <laughs> Culturally, coffee is like number one, number one beverage above water. I think for most, anyone of any type of Latin origin, you know, Italian or, or Hispanic origins, definitely for Cubans, yeah, it's exactly. three to five times a day. We cannot live without our coffee. <laughs> so uh, now, how well do you know Cuba? I mean, did you... Did you um, were you born there or, or is it just your, are you third generation here or how does that work? My parents and my grandparents were born in Cuba. Um, I was born here. My parents came as, as uh, teenagers. They met, they married here. They went to school here. So I was born here. I've never been, you know, my family left for political reasons and, and never went back. So I would love to go back and visit, you know, a free Cuba with my, with my mother one day. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. I've I've never been. My father is American, Italian, so it's a fu- it's a real quick funny story. But my grandmother, my father's mother, who's American Italian as well, obviously, uh, she owned nightclubs in New York and in Miami. And then in the early fifties, she opened up a couple of nightclubs in Havana. And one very famous one was called the Southland. It was near the Sans Souci, who she was very close with uh, Barbara Walters' father who owned the Sans Souci. Wow. And so my father was going to school in Miami University, and then he would vacation in Havana. My mother and her sisters, who are Cuban, were showgirls at my grandmother's nightclub called the Southland. My parents met there. They fell in love, and then my mother got pregnant with me, and my father left. He went back to the United States, went back to school, and then all of that stuff happening with, you know, what the revolution and everything. And then here I was, my grandmother had to close all her businesses and she got out of Cuba. And she said to my father, by the way, you have a child on the way, so you better sort that out. So he went back to Cuba, married my mother, and then started the process of trying to get her whole family and me out of there before the takeover. And he was successful in doing so. Otherwise, I'd be having more of an accent like this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Wow. So, uh, yeah, but he got her whole family out, brought them to New York, set them all up in businesses and apartments, and and they started their life here. But the one person that didn't come along was my grandfather, my my mother's father. He said, I'm not leaving Cuba for no matter what. So my grandmother says, all right, well, good luck with that. I'm out. She left and started her new life, and he stayed there until he died. I find that so interesting. She left her husband behind. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm not sitting through this. <laughs> I was only nine months old when I came to the United States, so I have no recollection. But I know the stories and the beauty of Cuba and the richness of Cuba and all it had to offer and the music and the people and the and the scenery and all of that stuff. So one day when it is as it should be, I will I will return, you know, and to to take that in and find my own experiences and hopefully uh, sooner than later. But. Yeah, I, I, my, that's my wish for you, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll go together. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Joey. It's amazing. Amazing story. My drink's getting low, so we'll be right back. You were working for Procter & Gamble, P&G for those in the business. 
I'm just wondering what made you leave that giant company and decide to go back to the family business. So I'm just wondering what happened in your life that you thought, you know what, maybe I do want to get involved with my family. Well, thank you for that question, Alan. <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I basically, you know, growing up Cuban, you know, you definitely know where, you know, where you come from, you know, especially when, you're, when your family leaves their country behind, they want their children and the next generation to know where they come from. And so I always grew up with a very strong sense of pride of knowing that I'm part of a Cuban family, a part of a coffee family and a coffee legacy that we want to continue. That is the, that's the goal, right? The, all the hardships for us so that we can continue in, in, in the coffee business. And so growing up, I always went to work with my dad every summer vacation, every, you know, Easter break, you name it. We were, you know, I was coming into work with my dad and working side by side with him and my uncles and my aunt, you know, packing coffee, tasting coffee, or like we say, cupping coffee. And so I, I grew up with a strong sense of pride for the business. And I worked for the business coming out of um, college full time. And then I always wanted to go back to school to get my master's, um, but always with the idea of coming back to the business. Um, and I had applied to the full-time program where you usually do an internship between your first and second year. And I thought, what a great experience to get some experience outside the family business. But I really wasn't sure what that meant. And I didn't think that, you know, multinational companies or a multinational business like Procter & Gamble would be interested in somebody like me with my family business background. But it really surprised me. And I took the opportunity to do the internship and was invited to come back full time. And that's really where I got my training in, in brand management and marketing and, and, and having that experience outside of the family business really allowed me to mature personally and professionally in a family business, you know, you're learning by osmosis, by being, you know, shadowing people. And many times in our culture too, it's, you know, you're seen, not heard. So you're not really taught to assert yourself. And in a corporate environment, I really had to learn how to do that. And quickly, it was a wonderful experience. And I always told myself, well, the day that I go back to the family business, that was always the, the plan that I would come back, you know, there would be like a job and this and that. And I went to see my uncle in the hospital. He had just had back surgery. And I don't know if it was the anesthesia or what, but he said, you know, you should really think about coming back to the family business. Your dad could use your help. And I literally quit my job that Monday and came back to the family business. And, and that was 10 years ago. Wow. But that's good. You went off to a big company with a lot of experience, stole all their good <laughs> ideas and brought them home. <laughs> Any Latin family business is always going to be some passion, you know, especially amongst the siblings, amongst the relatives, amongst the family. Did you have that in, in your business with your family business? Oh, absolutely. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> so there was coffee flying around the. No, we definitely are yeah. a passionate breed. And, you know, but I think that's yeah. the beauty of a family business is as long as everybody has the same vision of where we're going and we're rowing in the same direction, it's, a, it's healthy to have you know, different differences of opinion or different points of view. And I think that's one of the things that one of the unique things that I think that my generation brings is, you know, we're, we grew up bicultural. We grew up with the Cuban heritage and also the American heritage and we've gone to school here. So we're bringing a different spice, a different flavor to the business than, than my parents' generation. And, and, you know, and the next one to come after that. The end, and at the end of the day, you know, we, we do have a, a strange way of putting it all away. You know, not, not bringing that grudge or not carrying it further. 
You know, it's usually over a meal. By the time dinner is served, it's all forgotten. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. So. And, and it's all, you know, we spend a lot of time together as a family. It's the, the baptisms and the first communions and the Mother's Day and the Father's Day. And, um, you know, that, that having that bond as a family, I think, is really important in a family business, especially as a generation keeps going on. You know, it, the coffee runs through our veins, but you have to continue to build that bond and prioritize, you know, having those relationships. It's very important. Do your coffee beans still come from Cuba or do you source them from other places? We source most of our coffee from Latin America, but not from Cuba. We um, There is an embargo still in place between Cuba and the United States, though, but most of our coffee... They don't sneak it through the Latin countries? No. Cuba does produce only 100% Arabica coffee, like most of Latin America and, and you know countries like Colombia and Guatemala and Costa Rica have wonderful coffees that, you know, I know you don't like the acidity, but all of that... The elevation creates all those com- complex flavors and aromas that we love and enjoy in coffee. And, and yeah, that's where most of our coffee comes from. So there must be great competition in the world when it's bean time to get your hands on those coffee beans. Yes, it's true. And, and consumption for coffee continues to grow throughout the world. You know, you have cultures like um, a lot of the Asian cultures, like China, for example, demand for coffee is growing there. But there's also increase of production. So China also grows coffee. Probably, I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I wouldn't think of China as a coffee growing <laughs> yeah. country. I mean, it's not the ideal growing conditions like for like Latin America. So the, the like you said, the beans too, do taste differently. You know, you do pay a premium for higher quality coffees because they are scarcer. It's coffee is a commodity. You know, so supply and demand determines the price and. Definitely the world is competing for, you know, those those finer coffees. We have longstanding, you know, relationships with with growers, with importers, with exporters that we've been buying coffee from for a really long time, which helps to drive consistency and also supply for us, um, for, for our brands. It's very important. Um, I wanted to say, bring up that you're a licensed Q grader. In other words, uh, a certified coffee taster. You want to expound on that a little bit? <laughs> Sure, sure. Yes, you're absolutely right. So it's like the sommelier for wine. Coffee has what's called a Q grader, and the Coffee Quality Institute certifies coffee tasters. You take this three-day exam, and there's a written portion. There's a olfactory portion where you have to be able to smell the certain aromatics or taints in coffee and identify what they are. There's, of course, um, tasting where you have to be able to to distinguish the difference between sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami, and the intensities. And then also there are cuppings, so being able to cup, you know, a table of coffees from Colombia, from Central America, from Southeast Asia, and be able to grade those coffees based on their, you know, the acidity, the body, the flavor, the aroma, all of that, and be able to calibrate with other cuppers. So it's an exhaustive exam. You can barely taste your tongue after, after three <laughs> days of tasting coffee. Um, but, but you learn a lot. I mean, it's really like my, my life's experience that's helped, that helped me take, pass that test initially. And you have to calibrate every three years. So I always get a little bit nervous when I have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's interesting. As you know, we're giving away coffee. Do you want to introduce our second code word? Well, our second code word is anisette, and it's spelled A-N-N-I-S-E-T-T-E, and it's a liqueur, and it's, um, that's our code word, our second code word, anisette. What is it that you have found most rewarding about working for the family business and specifically with coffee? 
For me, the thing that's the most rewarding about this business is being able to make a product that people people are buying this product to enjoy, to ingest it. Number one, but also you know bringing it to their homes, making it for themselves, for their loved ones. That's really the that's really what it's all about for me. Is like you know through through our coffee, we're bringing joy and goodness into people's homes, and and how wonderful to be able to be a part of that. You know, it's simple, but but. I mean, that's all I need. <laughs> well, it's simple, but it's a big part of everybody everybody's life. You know, everybody sits down and has their coffee in the morning or, you know, there's that whole ritual. And then, of course, at work. So this is big business. And what could be better? You have to keep supplying something that they keep using and getting rid of. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, especially in family, I mean, we can, you know, there's stories about food that bring us together. There's, you know, you remember this and remember that over about a meal you know, there's are all these experiences we've had. And I know for me growing up, my mother was extreme with the one thing, no matter what was going on with my brother and I or whatever in the family, she could not deal with any of it. She would just do this, not before my coffee. Yes. Mom, She's I gotta, holding her finger she'd up. She'd hold her finger up. And I say, Mom, Mom, I got to tell you something. It's so important. She's, and she'd just hold her finger up. And that meant not before I had my coffee. Oh, my gosh. I've totally done that. <laughs> it's true though i mean coffee is transformative you know it's that little me time you know you just take a moment breathe you know enjoy the flavor enjoy the aroma or you know have that time in the morning collect your thoughts yeah, exactly and then you can go go about your business and like you know be be whoever you need to be in the moment I can totally identify with your mom there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your company has been very generous and done something for us that we really appreciate. And that is, for the listeners, we have a promo code so that they can get free shipping through April 6th on coffee from donfranciscos.com. There you go. And the promo code is surprisingly <laughs> two guys. And for those that need to spell that, T-W-O-G-U-Y-S. Get hooked on phonics. <laughs> one oh, word, no. though. It'll be one, one word. word. Two, guys <laughs> Two guys pushed together like they're one word. Yeah. And that'll get you some free shipping. So yeah. we appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. I hope your listeners take advantage. It's a good offer for sure. Okay, final question, yeah? Yeah. You ready? Yep. I'm kind of wanting to hear more about coffee. I'm not sure how much more. <laughs> well, maybe we can. I feel the bathroom calling me just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> where where, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? Well, they can follow our brand at Don Francisco's on Instagram or Facebook. And of course, visit our website, DonFrancisco.com. We have a newsletter that you can sign up for to get you know different specials. Of course, take, take advantage of the free shipping with two guys. Um, but but keep in touch with us. Let us know what you're, how you're making your coffee at home, uh, how you're enjoying your coffee at home. One thing I wanted to mention also is, you know, there are so many different ways of drinking coffee. You know, I don't know if your listeners are into the capsules. Yes, 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 I, I have those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we we just launched a new program this year with TerraCycle.com. They're a global recycling company where now consumers can actually recycle our pods. Stop! 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 TerraCycle is one of my clients. Really? Yes, we've done two books oh, together. Wonderful. That's hysterical. And of course, their whole thing is about recycling and it's wonderful. So they're helping us basically extend our sustainability efforts to the consumer. 
you sign up on TerraCycle.com, the coffee pod recycling program with Don Francisco's, and um, collect the pods. It's free to ship them. And um, you can earn points, which then those points can be like translate into funds to any charity of your choice. So it's actually another way of raising raising funds. And what's kind of cool is these pods, your the TerraCycle does with them, once you use your spent grounds and you send them in, they make these little plastic pellets. They're basically chopped down. The coffee's, you know, composted. And then they make these little pellets. And then these plastic pellets become material like for decking. So they basically make it into plastic pellets that any industry then can use to make certain things out of exactly. rather than ordering new plastics. Exactly. Well, thank you again. It was wonderful sharing some time with you and sharing a little cafecito, which was yes. terrific, especially with the added uh, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you for, for making the time. And, and, and I appreciate you both what you're doing. I love the stories you're putting out there. They're, they're important to tell. Oh, thank you. Well, back at you. Thank, thank you. you. Salud. Salud. So who knew you could do so much with coffee? Well, she did. <laughs> she, she did actually. And you know, and that, that's a great thing because I love trying to create new things out of things you wouldn't think so, you know, or wouldn't think possible. Yeah. All right. So why don't you give us our final code word? Of the podcast. Yes, I'll be To happy win the to. basket. And our final the coffee basket for today to win your basket is Demitas. And that is spelled D E M I T A S S E. Demitas. Means half a cup, doesn't uh, it? It means a little cup. Like a, a demi, demi cup. Demi. A demi was half. Why you do this to me, Demi? Remember from The Exorcist? Why you do this to me, Demi? Why? <laughs> but let's not confuse them. Third code word, Demitas. All right. And as always, we're going to ask you to please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We'll be posting recipes, photos, links from each episode just for you. And we'd love reading your responses and your questions. So keep them coming. You can message us either on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email them to contact at twoguysfromhollywood.com. And we will talk at you soon. Two Guys from Hollywood is hosted, created, and produced by Alan Nubbins and Joey Santos. Produced by Lauren Boone. Editing and post-production by Nathan Moody. Music by Luca. Executive produced by Dan Patrick. It is also executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Pinella for Workhouse Media. This podcast is a production of Renaissance Literary and Talent and Dan Patrick Productions in association with Workhouse Media. Two Guys from Hollywood is a production of iHeartRadio and the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.